0: Today, I am talking about all the calming and coping strategies. I know in previous episodes, we have gone through this emotional literacy, emotional intelligence blueprint, and that recognizing and naming your emotions or emotional state is the first step in taming them, and that maybe kids and adults both need a space to go to, to break and remove themselves from the energy of the situation, and then come back. And the third step of our program is calming coping strategies. Because once you get to that break area, or even if you don't have access to that break area, or you want to neutralize your big feelings or emotions on the spot, these are the tools that you need to do it. So we're not going to go through a huge, huge list, and it certainly is not an all-encompassing list, but it gives you at least a good place to start. So what are common coping strategies? They are just things that you can use to, if you remember from previous episodes, get you out of your barking dog brain and back into your wise owl brain, meaning get you out of your emotional brain and back into your thinking brain. Also ways to kind of neutralize your nervous system and bring you back down to ground zero. So what are some calming coping strategies. Well, there are tons and and they can be different they can look different and sound different and be named different things for different age groups. They can be used from children to adults, but we just change the way we use them. But let's start with probably the most obvious and simple one, breathing. So taking big, long, slow breaths, if you want to calm down and taking short, quick in and out breaths if you want to gain more energy. But there are all types of breathing. I mean, there's box breathing. There's a breathing technique called the lazy, crazy eight. So it looks like with an eight and you have an eight tilted on its side, it's kind of laying down. And when you go around with your finger, you draw one side of the eight, and you breathe in. And when you go to the other side of the eight, you breathe out. You can do triangle breathing with your finger. You can breathe into a balloon. You can blow into a straw. You can do Wim Hof breathing. I mean, there are so many unlimited ideas and there are ones where you can get your whole body involved. So I highly recommend you doing a little bit of research on breathing. Pinterest and Google have lots of great options for this and working with yourself or your kiddos to use what feels right and make it fun and motivating by letting letting them name these techniques or make up their own. You also have one of my favorites which is progressive muscle relaxation. I call it tense and release strategies. Essentially here you are isolating different muscle groups and you are holding them really tight and tense for about 10 seconds and then you release and then you hold again, release, hold again, release until you feel the tension no longer in those areas. So here are a few. You could act like you are squeezing lemons in your hand and squeeze your hands really, really tight and hold them. Probably my favorite and the one I use most frequently, because I tend to hold a lot of tension in my upper back and shoulders, is bringing my shoulders up by my ear. I call it turtle shell. So bring your shoulders up by your ear and you squeeze really, really hard and then you let go. And there are full body movement ones for these as well. So you could do one where you hold your abdominal muscles, you squeeze your abdominal muscles and you act like you are stepping through a fence, squeezing in really tight, sucking in your belly, holding it and then squeeze back through the fence. Other ones, squeezing your toes into the mud. So squeezing your toes into the ground really hard, like it's it's squeezing into the mud or squeezing into the sand beneath you. And again, there are... Un- So many options for these. You can search it online. I wrote a blog post all about this. And kids can, again, make up their own. And so can you by isolating different muscle groups in your body. Another easy one is shaking or dancing. And by shaking, I literally mean just by shaking your body parts. That will activate the vagus nerve and will neutralize your nervous system. So I'm serious. Give it a shot. I encourage you to stop the podcast right now. Step up and... Just shake something, shake your bottom, shake your legs, shake your hands, shake your head, shake your whole body. But shaking helps you to calm down. You might look ridiculous, but it does work. And fun fact, that's how some animals calm down. Like think of a zebra that was just chased by a predator. The way that it gets its body back to neutral is by shaking and not shaking. Cause it's like, it's scared. And it's, it's um, shaking to help its system reorganize. So we can do that too. And we can do it with dancing we can do it with singing. We can do it with humming. All of those things also activate the vagus nerve. So add any of those things to your life. Music too, especially if it's low, slow beat music, classical music, nature, music, all of those things can bring us back to neutral as can humor and laughing, 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 laughter is what I meant to say but laughter will take you from your emotional brain into your thinking brain. And there are so many ways to do this. I mean, as much as we are (laughs) on social media, at least follow some funny accounts. Find some accounts with good memes, good GIFs, and um, find some joke books. Find some people who are funny. Read some books that are funny. Anything you can possibly do to add humor to your life, I highly encourage it. And I would check (laughs) who you spend the most time with. Because if you spend a lot of time with people who are complaining and who are negative, you naturally become more negative. So find some people that seem to be more happy and funny and spend more time with those people. Also, any type of mindfulness and meditation would also help you bring you back to neutral. And those can be used as preventative measures as well. They can help strengthen your thinking brain, your wise owl, so you can stay there longer, so the kids can stay there longer. But I mean, as simple as just one, two, three minutes of meditation or silence a day. Mindfulness activities like savoring the flavor of a food and just eating it really, really slowly and using all of your senses to experience that food. Or a really simple one that I will sometimes do is drawing an everyday object. So I'll sit in my meditation chair I will pick something in my house, usually a plant, and I will draw that. And actually, fun fact, to be more intentional about this, I bought a plant drawing book. So it actually teaches you in like six steps how to draw hundreds of different plants. Ordered online, it was, I think, 10, 12 bucks, but totally worth it because it helps me to practice mindfulness intentionally. Also, sometimes just changing your position. Like if you just are in a chair, that might put your body in a stressed out position. So get on the floor, do some stretching, do some yoga, um, work from the floor where your legs are straight out, work from the floor where your legs are crisscross, work from the floor where you're on your belly, hang, uh, stand, do some squats. Like any of those things would help you to neutralize Also some great acupressure points. So I do acupuncture, that will also help you. But if you don't like the idea of tiny needles being stuck into your skin, (laughs) you can do acupressure. So just search acupressure points. You'll find a bunch online and you can activate those points by just massaging them or tapping them. So one would be right between your eyes. Uh, your eyebrows, there's a spot there. You can massage it in a circular motion and that will reduce your stress and tension and anxiety and lots of other points there to play around with as well. Another way that I like to reduce my stress and be a little bit more preventative and make sure I try and do this every morning is some Tai Chi. I worked with an awesome Tai Chi master who taught me some sequences that I remembered and now I try to integrate those whenever I am feeling stressed or anxious or in the morning if I have time and, and make time, but they don't take long. And there are these flowy, beautiful movements that really help you to neutralize. So if you don't have a Tai Chi master near you, there are plenty of options on <laughs> YouTube, social media. There are online courses, but in a virtual world, it's pretty easy to access any Tai Chi or Qigong class anymore. And another one would be a gratitude practice. So just having a gratitude practice where you either say things out loud that you're grateful for, or you make a list of them, or you journal them, or you share them with other people, but gratitude will completely flip your state. In fact, I use this a lot. And I teach this to kids a lot where you state your strong feelings. So I'm feeling frustrated and I am grateful for, and then we go into saying all the different things that we are grateful for. And that totally flips the state. So Lots of options. Uh, you have other sensory options as well. You could do resistance work, lifting weights. It doesn't need to be like actual weightlifting, but like just lifting something of weight a couple times in a safe and uh, aligned way, but that will shift your state too. Um, think of all the different senses you have, touch, smell, sight, hearing, taste. Can you do anything that in- integrates those senses? And that's all I'm going to share today because that was already a lot. But if you search calming, coping, grounding strategies, I mean, there are so many. And we'll probably do another episode in the future where we go into a couple more. And maybe I'll even share some of my own that I use and how I use them and when they use them. But these can be used on the spot if you're feeling stressed or anxious if your emotions are high, or you can use them as daily measures, as pre measures to keep your system more neutral so that it doesn't get into a stressed out state. I recommend doing both because that would be a top-down and a bottom-up approach. So a top-down is where we work on growing and strengthening that wise owl, that thinking brain, and the bottom-up approach is where we work on more of that limbic area, that barking dog. Best if we do both instead of one or the other. All right. So let's go into today's listener question, which comes from Maine. And this person said they're worried about getting a child injured or injuring someone else, or that they're doing something incorrectly and escalating the situation. They're not sure what to do. Do you have any advice? So I think they're talking about, I'm not sure what age group here, but if a child is getting physically aggressive, what do we do? So the first thing I would do is create that calm down space. And I would try and usher them into that calm down space if possible and and make that space kind of somewhat removed so that they can do what they need to do in that space where it's, there are soft things and where it's safe to do that space, but we can't always um, usher a student or child into that area. Sometimes they are too escalated to get there. So then what do you do? I have done some preventative measures and this would work for young kids. It certainly would not work for older kids, but We've done this thing called taco where we take an item, like a coat or a blanket that a child is familiar with and and you have to introduce it before you can use it. But what you would do is you would take that coat or that blanket and you would wrap it around the child and squeeze them and then say taco and then let go. So it's like a wrap, quick squeeze, taco, let go. And I've done that with some three, four, five, six-year-olds, even some seven-year-olds and, um, when they get elevated and they're in this really heightened state, we use the taco technique. I just grab the blanket or I grab the coat and I wrap it around them, squeeze, let go, maybe do it again. And they seem to come down pretty quickly. Also, if I can get to them early enough, not of the age, humor is going to switch them from that heightened state back to their thinking brain. So can you use music or dancing or humor to get them to a less elevated state. But all of these things are great if kids aren't in the hyper elevated state. If they are really, really elevated and they are already aggressive and we can't get them to come back down, then we might need to do something else. So at that point, I would recommend, uh, again, creating an area where the child could do a thing to do in a safe way. And there are different restraining courses that show you how to properly restrain. I think that is the last possible option or um, route we should take because by restraining children, by restraining kids, it is putting us at risk and them of getting injured. And that just activates their stress response further. So can you instead of restraining, um, use touch in a more positive way, like touching their hands or their forearms and putting some pressure on their hands or their forearms will sometimes deescalate them because touch breathing and movement can all bring people out of a super elevated state. So think about how you can incorporate touch breathing and movement in a safe and appropriate way so that you don't have to go to that last step, which would be the restraining. And again, if you absolutely have to resort to that step to keep a child safe or to keep yourself safe. Make sure that you are doing so properly and get the proper training on how to do that. Cause there's a very specific way to do so, but last resort. All right. To wrap up our show, we are going to share with you the tried at home tip, which is just our next five brain foods. So Jim quick did this awesome brain hand technique where he showed you how to, uh, remember the brain foods by showing you 10 parts of your body. We already introduced the first five. So today I am going to do the second five. So when you were shopping at the grocery store, the idea here is to remember these body parts, remember these brain foods via the body parts. So you can remember to pick these brain foods up and help your brain out a bit. All right. So brain foods, you've got your shoulders. So touch your shoulders you've got your collarbone, touch your collarbone, shake your fingers. Remember shaking is a calming technique. You've got your belly button, touch your belly button and you've got your bottom, touch your bottom. So these five brain foods, shoulders, think of your leafy greens. They're like shoulder pads. If you are a football player, so leafy greens, you've got your kale, your collar greens, lettuce, anything like that. Leafy greens, eat more leafy greens your neck, your collarbone, you feel those, pretend that the, you've made a necklace that goes around your collarbone that are strips of salmon. Salmon is also good for your brain. So your salmon necklace, don't forget about that. And then we go to our hands and we were shaking our hands because we've got turmeric all over our hands. If you've ever seen or touched turmeric, you know it turns everything yellow and it stains so bad. So Try and integrate some more turmeric, whether that be just the spice on top of your food, or I like to add turmeric to my tea. I just buy fresh turmeric from the supermarket or the Asian market, and I chop it up, chop up some fresh ginger, and I throw it in some water. Hot water that is, but you can put it in cold water. You can put it in your daily water. The next one is your belly button and your belly button about the size of a walnut. So that's the next one is pretend there's walnuts shooting out of your belly button. Really good for your brain. They even look like a brain. So that's a good way to remember them. And your last one is your bottom. And that would be dark chocolate. And I will let you uh, make that connection yourself. (laughs) But the darker the chocolate, the better It's better for your brain when it's not filled with sugar and artificial things. So your five brain foods, shoulders are leafy greens, neck is your salmon necklace, fingers are turmeric, belly button is shooting out walnuts, and your bottom is dark chocolate. Next time you go to the grocery store, do not forget those five things. And that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Remember our tried at home tip, which was the five brain foods. And if you would like me to answer your question on a future episode, please feel free to email me at podcast at thebehaviorhub.com. And until next episode, I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, and thanks for joining me.